Music Maroc Pingasu Gati Three friends really enjoying ourselves talking about current events talking about our culture talking about things that you wouldn't necessarily learn about in your day-to-day life cheers <laughs> hello everyone welcome back to the podcast this is the smoke break we're in uh, the boiler room uh the three hosts here again as uh we always will be from here on on here on out here on on simuni kisa nickelbine we got mr lee cloutier ellsworth i'm bernard choquette yeah baby and uh we got andrew morrison here with us Ta-da. today <laughs> singer of I'm on my uh, own intro music <laughs> <laughs> hey bring your guitar then yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's a guitar right there I don't uh, know if I can pull that one out. Maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah. the next time he comes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Just so you yeah. know, that's exactly what it feels like when people say, "Hey, Mister Freestyle." Oh. Yeah, I actually have total sympathy it's, for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Bernard, tell me a joke. Yeah, tell me. Yeah, a joke. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I just say, "Look at me." <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, you gotta. Yeah, yeah. Do the finger thing. Yeah. <laughs> so Andrew Morrison, uh, singer of the Jerry Cans, uh, beautiful band from. Uh, from up here in Cowood, Nunavut, uh, Juno Award winner. Juno Award loser. Um, oh, <laughs> Juno nominated. Nominated yeah, twice. Nominated, yeah, nominated yeah. twice. And um, oh, I guess sure. co-founder of Akaluk Music. Yeah. Uh, Akaluk Music Incorporated, that. the yeah. first Nunavut-based record label. Am yes. I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Time yeah. will tell. Um, thanks for coming on to the podcast, our first guest. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. I love you guys. This yeah. is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're um, cute. Uh, we've been looking forward to having uh, guests on. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a few questions for you. We don't want to make it. I'm too... nervous. Yeah, so am I a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Me too. Yeah, me too. yeah, I think we all are. This yeah. is, we, we got into our groove, and then now we're like yeah. we're introducing another person into yeah. it. Yeah, good. yeah. Just, you know, yeah. Take yeah. it slow. We'll yeah. figure this out. Just so you, so you know, I was the for, first wolf of this wolf pack, and then. Uh, Mr. Jordan. <laughs> You're fucking nasty. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we don't want to make it too much of like an interview-ish kind of thing, yeah. but um, just to just get started. started yeah. yeah, it's also yeah, yeah. cool because I feel like it's questions that I don't even know, and I've known you for so long. So yeah. it's more just like oh, cool. chilling with my bro, getting to know. Yeah, yeah. So shoutouts to you. You're my manager in music. Yeah, for those totally. Of you who don't know, I want to thank you, you especially, you and Dotes. For helping me out even before the getting onto the label, you guys were really trying to help me for a good couple of years. So I want to thank you for that. I You're an awesome you. manager. I fucking love you. Um, so yeah, I kind of wanted just to start from the total beginning. What was the one moment that made you decide you want to pick up an instrument? Was there an idol you had that you saw? like on stage and you're like oh my god this is so sick i want to be cool like this we used to be the worst band ever in <laughs> like we played coffee houses in this town like at high school and like everybody would leave well that's where we learned to be comfortable <laughs> clearing rooms yeah it was hilarious and uh i don't know we kind of just like the music scene in Ikhaluit has been has changed lots over the years and I grew up playing music and that was a big part of my family. And then we sort of started to get together and idolize lots of old rock and roll musicians. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys add at photos or whatever, but 
we all used to have super long, curly, ridiculous rock. And yeah, I've seen your high school pictures, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, long <laughs> ass blonde, freaking. Oh man, dang. it was. I, I miss it. I wish I could do it, but I can't do the middle stage anymore. I can't. I can't get away with that anymore. Uh, get, as soon as it gets in my ears, I'm done. Oh, shave it. I tried to do it through COVID. I was like, this is the time where I can grow my no. hair back. But instead, I just shaved my head. It was like a yeah, COVID cut. Yeah. But yeah, it, it wasn't, there wasn't a particular moment, I don't think. But I remember just playing at these coffee houses with like 20 people in the crowd. And we would play so loud. And our old sound man, Dave Boileau, shout out to Dave Boileau, who loved it. And we would play Pink Floyd and Guns N' Roses and all these. Oh, no way. And nobody liked it. Except our moms. Oh, <laughs> our no, moms no. would be forced to stay. Yeah. And I remember this one story. Actually, we played a um, we played a bunch of cover songs, and we played <laughs> one by Red Hot Chili Peppers called nice. "Suck My Kiss." Oh, yes. nice and uh, nice. great song. And <laughs> it was the only time my grandma ever heard us perform Jerry Cans anything. The only time my grandma, who's passed away now, but she was like. She didn't hear the title of the name properly. Oh. And she was like, I don't think they should be singing about this. <laughs> so that's her like visual memory of like, and then since then we've done a lot of other musical things, but every time I'm sure she associates that moment with like, oh yeah, Andrew plays in a band. Like, that's, are they still awful? Yeah, off in a different way. But I, it's been cool to play music and like, it's been very cool to see what's happening these days with music. And I know COVID sucks and like kind of took the life out of everything, but mm -hmm. I just love to see the next generation of kind of pushing issues and talking about things that evolving the conversation of what's going on in our lives and especially in Nunavut and across Canada and the world. I think mm -hmm. it's, I find it fascinating. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Do you remember the first time you picked up a guitar? Oh, no. no i used to play piano mostly okay so yeah, yeah, i would remember it, yeah. playing piano a little bit and i remember the, my piano teacher and this was like how old i am i'll date myself right here but we used to go to piano lessons in white row when i was like six or seven years old and this old lady with a gut and she would smoke <laughs> all the time and she would just come up behind me and i could feel her belly on my back <laughs> with a cigarette in her mouth and just like no it's like this and i would just cringe like that, playing these little piano songs that, so that was a very important i, yeah, I knew right then so that's when you knew i wanted that, to be a musician was the moment <laughs> the moment you got groped by a chain smoking grandma yeah but we, all, we all have that anti-moment i think the belly on the back is a yeah. very strange feeling it's yeah, <laughs> like, very strange whatever though and smell like craft dinner these are the strange yeah Sick. these are all very important <laughs> musical moments <laughs> yeah um so were you did you grow up here in Iqalit? yeah we life? moved yeah. here when i was two years old in frobisher bay okay back in the day mm -hmm. so yeah it was super different back then and it's kind of Iqalit's such a funny place now like it's cool and we love our crew and stuff but it's a very uh, it's changing so much now and I think lots mm -hmm. of the stuff that when I was growing up that was uh, a part of the community isn't so much present anymore and that's a shame but it's also still some strong community vibes but I think that mm -hmm. the government and the transient populations really have a challenging impact on the town and I think that that's something that I kind of am challenged by a little bit raising yeah. kids here too so coming a little bit of a little yellow knife. And I know that people talked about that when Iqaluit was just sort of growing and stuff that mm -hmm. to be beware of turning into a little yellow knife. So yeah. 
and I kind of see that now, but I think the art scene here is really doing a lot to preserve some of that community value and community yeah. vibes and stuff. Big time. I miss it. I miss going out and just watching live, live entertainment. We can't do it as much anymore, like you were saying, because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's such an important thing, man. Like, yeah, no kidding. Huge. Just getting people together. Like, how? It's not even going to the show is only part of it. It's just going to see your buddies and yeah. supporting people expressing themselves. Like, yeah. these are all things that I think we all miss. And it's taking its toll, whether in an overt way or a very subtle way, on all of our mental health. And I. Mm -hmm feel for every everybody artists and audience man people that are in the, in the audience so mm -hmm. hopefully it will resolve soon but yeah you just got to keep on doing winning the little battles yeah, in COVID, yeah. i find keep creating keep yeah. busy like doing this podcast exactly yeah. Yeah. i was gonna a say joy yeah. we're lucky enough we're very lucky very <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got a message today from a friend who used to work for the nuts yak and she yeah. was saying that we're the second most read article this month wow yeah which is the second awesome. oh That's crazy. oh yeah i think i saw that yeah, the yeah, first yeah. one is COVID about COVID. yeah yeah Ugh. <laughs> Do you guys remember your first live concerts in Iqaluit, the first time you saw live yeah. music in town? That was when the White Stripes came here. Whoa, yeah, oh that was my first concert. Yeah, I remember Sweet. that. I was like seven or eight. I was tiny. Yeah, yeah. Me and Ash were. That was a big around. one. Yeah. I remember that. The White yeah. Stripes, we were talking about that a couple weeks ago. That That's the huge. only show I remember being at the AWG arena. Like every other show was in like a smaller venue, mm -hmm. but they like. The whole remember, they smashed yeah. a window during their sound check because of their sound check. Wow. Oh. Center windows. I was like, this is <laughs> so sick. Wow. They fit right into the community. Smash a window and you spicy. What was your first gig performing here? Inukshuk High School Coffee House. Uh, coffee House? Huh? They used to have coffee houses back in the day. And Ikhaluit Music Society, who's still going strong and doing amazing things for music education in town. But they used to host these little coffee houses. And Damn. like, just the crew would come out, like the people would come and it'd be super beautiful Ikhaluit style. Mm -hmm. All different genres. Anybody yeah. wanted to play. And that, that's when we played. I played piano. I played... Um, <laughs> Blowing in the wind. Yeah, <laughs> my friend. Blowing in the wind. <laughs> Little and then I remember hair. my first concert, going to my first concert is when I think it was Bare Naked Ladies played here. Oh, oh that's right. And I was shit. so young that I really was excited. Yeah. Not yeah. understanding that they were a band yeah. <laughs> by the band name. I was like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. Oh, what's going on here? <laughs> They're neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of middle-aged toronto dudes yeah <laughs> like, where'd they play i can't even remember man i can't remember maybe it was the francophone center when was oh. this long time yeah. ago actually i remember someone saying it was at the francophone center yeah, yeah. or nakashuk i can't remember i think i remember francophone yeah but like there's been some awesomely quirky shows happening <laughs> in this yeah. town yeah which is cool mm -hmm. do you remember your first concert sim uh, my first concert was in Hey Rosetta was here when we were in middle school. Oh, hey Rosetta. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there's, there's a band from the, the East Coast, mm -hmm. and there's uh, Tom something. He's a pretty big artist now, or like Tash did a few collaborations with him. Mm -hmm. uh, he did with Students on Ice a few times. Okay. And um, yeah, it was Hey Rosetta. We were in fucking middle school. I think it was like grade six or grade seven when we were in middle school. And... That's what I remember. And they were my favorite band. And then I was going to, when I was working at Mary River, I was going to go see them because it was two weeks on, two weeks off rotation. But then it was when our rotation uh, split. 
where you have to do three weeks on, three weeks off, just, and then you can offset your rotation. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't able to see that bend, mm -hmm. and then they split up. I just uh, find it's a, like it's an interesting question for people because it's such a profound memory for people to be like, what are mm -hmm. these humans doing on yeah. stage? Like, mm -hmm. what is this? Yeah. And that's why when we started touring with Jerrycans, like, we made a very strong effort to play in all the smallest communities we could because we knew how important that was to, for like little, even if there were six yeah. people there if one yeah. little kid was like holy yeah. shit what I want to be that guy or, or whatever. even just yeah. like just you feel, feel things it. that yeah. you've never you like yeah. unearth shit that you've yeah. never mm. had to face before so I, I love it and I'm even excited <laughs> to think yeah. about it and talk about it because I miss those feelings yeah mm. yeah so what what made you decide you want to do it as a career to where you right away you were like oh I want to be a rock star oh I want to tour or did it take a while? It took a, forever, man. Yeah. Like it was a grind big time, especially because we were always so dedicated to living in Iqaluit still. Like it was such a huge part of what we were as a yeah. band. And like, I feel that I think it would be impossible to live down South and continue to do what we do just because it's such a part of what, who we are, I think. And like, but we never like supporting people in a career from music in Yichalu, it's kind of impossible. Mm -hmm. And so we tried it for two or three years and then we weren't able to do it. And then COVID obviously fucked it up big mm -hmm. time. So, but even before that, we were kind of, it, it was a grind, man, touring and making enough income and doing all that shit. Like, but I, I, we never really decided. It was just sort of like things are happening and opportunities are coming and we didn't want to turn down those opportunities. So we just kind of wrote it and we knew it was finite. Like it was going to end eventually. And it's, tuning down now so mm -hmm. we were I, I don't have any regrets about it it was super fucking sweet to be able to travel and drink coffee all over the place and like <laughs> meet people and like yeah there's some good good adventures for sure how many bands were you in before you decided on the jerry cans or before you guys made the jerry cans well we were in our shitty band from Yichaluit <laughs> called ivory hail ivory <laughs> hail oh. it was like a, it has a nice ring to it, it was awful oh. it was awful i remember before the first show too i that we so were, sounds like a porno <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it was actually we did soundtracks for pornos <laughs> Just throat singing. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember before our show, I was like, I need to find a shirt to wear. And it was like this black buttoned up shirt. And then I was like, how many buttons should I undo on this? Like trying to be a rock star uh, hard. Yeah. And there's like two or three down. I was like, mom, can I borrow some jewelry? Thinking you're rock and roll, but you're not really rock and roll. <laughs> you're boring your mom's that's kind of rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. pretty I rock and roll. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Cheap, that's cheap skate, rock and roll, yeah, 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 yeah. totally. I totally just remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so who who was it, uh, who were you with when you guys decided on Jerry Cans? We used, so then we, we I, only, I haven't played in that many bands, but the other band we played it in Peterborough when we, Dotes and Steve and I went to Peterborough to go... <laughs> We say we went to school, but Steve and I both failed out, got kicked out. Dotes succeeded. Hey, oh, hey, let's have a dotes. moment for <laughs> Dotes succeeding at school. He got a degree. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. One for three. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then we were in a punk band, like a hardcore punk band called What the Shit. Oh. Ooh. And that Edgy. was. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. It was awesome. It Sounds was like fun. It was super fun because that's also like. We played in like weird legions across Southern Canada and like nice. weird shows. And yeah. the punk community is such a fascinating, amazingly 
progressive and yeah. lots of things that we're talking about now in terms of anti-oppressive language and all mm -hmm. these things yeah, that man. was totally the basis of the punk world yeah. Yeah. back then and for years and years and years mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. super cool uh to be a part of that and then they thought we were weird long hairs like <laughs> rock and roller wannabes yeah. but it was still such a very cool scene to get into crazy crazy so yeah that those are the only bands and then a couple just we just jammed with everybody all over yeah. all Ikhaluit style for sure mm -hmm. okay so and then just, oh sorry so, go ahead. and then representing Ikhaluit too I guess right when you were down there would you like mention that you guys come from up here or yeah with what the shit it was with two guys from down south mm -hmm. and but it was because of that sometimes we would play shows where we didn't have any opening bands or like people just didn't show up or oh, got yeah. too drunk or whatever yeah. like. <laughs> and then me and Dotes and Steve just had some songs that we wrote and we just started playing during those sets and again people were like what the fuck is this like because <laughs> it was weird ska reggae rock type shit and yeah. that's where it kind of started and then uh, Nancy joined the band and then Gina joined the band and then that's when it kind of became more original songs and Inuktitut and like throat singing and lots of fiddle action yeah and so that's where that evolved from but it was it's always an evolution and that's why I always encourage artists to just fucking take any opportunity you can to jam with anybody yeah, you can always totally. learn Go something from it. anybody yeah it's fun working with other people yeah I, and I they enjoy push it way you more to uncomfortable places and yeah, that's what's yeah. so important about art I yeah. think hell yeah these are um, hilarious memories, man. You're taking me down memory. We're bringing them back. Yeah. Who came up with the name Jerry Cans? The Jerry. Cans. Steve. That's an old story. We tried to like after coming back from Peterborough, like people would play, fucking weird ass drum sets and washtub basses and weird percussion, and it was a very artsy, crazy, cool place to like just. There was music every night, and we would just go and not go to school, obviously, <laughs> like getting a different education. And then so we came back up north, and we we're like, what can we make? A, like some percussion out of or a drum set out of and so steve duct taped a fucking <laughs> oh, no. jerry can drum set together oh and nice. we brought it to the quiet lounge and we were when we were playing at the legion quiet lounge almost every week just because we loved it and it was that was sort of the scene then we brought it to the quiet lounge, or i don't know if we brought it we i think we actually did bring it and it sounded like shit but <laughs> for that night we would change our name for <laughs> every week we would just make up a stupid name we were the shit birds for a while <laughs> and then jerry cans because of the drum set yeah and that's the one that people were like well cool that's stuck yeah stuck. and then and now it's, it's hilarious and it's like, relevant to here right yeah the, totally yeah but it just comes from such a stupid silly thing that like <laughs> people announce us as that and it's become an identity and all this yeah. shit so it's like I find it kind of hilarious. This comes from stupid stone yeah. idiots in a garage. Like. Cool. That's fucking awesome. What was the scene like when you guys were starting out? Like, what were the big Nunavut bands when you guys were breaking out? Simeon Ikinainek was huge playing accordion. Avery's grandpa, which is super cool because now Avery plays in the Jerry Cans. Yeah. And, like, they're, they are incredible musician family. And, um, Uvagoop band was playing a little bit and they were a huge band in the, like huge band in the north. Um, and then there was a lot of just jamming going on, I think, in Iqaluit. Like it's such a cool scene that there was a, a man named Errol Fletcher that would play a lot. He wrote the Legion song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and I, there's a Northern Ramblers, like an East Coast band that they were, I think we we gained a lot of inspiration from them because they would party hard and they would like... <laughs> 
engage the crowd and stuff. Okay, and put yeah. on a good show, yeah. From that, we would kind of learned how to do that, and that's totally part of the Jerry Can shtick now. And Errol was a great songwriter. He wrote <laughs> like songs about bootleggers, and <laughs> he was saying this Bob the Bootlegger or whatever. And then at yeah. one point for crowd interaction, he would always go. All right, now all the bootleggers in the house, put your hands up. <laughs> just like, sure oh. enough. Yeah. All the bootleggers, raise your hands. <laughs> and just shit like that. That was totally awesome oh, banter. Uh, but again, and everybody was so supportive of young people playing music. And so I hope that we pass that along too. And just like anybody who's trying to sing or play songs, I find with social media and stuff, there's, it's so easy to critique each other. And that's, yeah. I think that's such bullshit. And, it's so hard because no matter what, every artist I know, you can get 99 compliments and one shitty comment yeah. that really that hurts yeah. you. And you're like, why, why would you even say that about somebody's art? So mm -hmm. I hope that we continue to breed like a, a supportive arts community mm -hmm. all over the place. So um, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you got it. You got it. Um, was there anyone that gave you guys like a nice cosign or a big like hey, come up here and he allowed you guys to get their platform as well like you guys did for me? Like another band or something that was took you guys under their wing and was like, here. I can't remember because I feel if I forget who they are, they're like, what the fuck? That <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, that's a big question. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, no, no. I just can't remember. I like, it was the, we always found in our experience that coming from the north and like singing in Inuktitut and like, all those things were seen in the South for a long time as shots against us. And like people didn't want to work with us and people didn't want to like uh, share their platform, but it was more industry people. There's an old man named Richard Flowhill. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever met him, but he's 82 years old and he can party harder than any one of us. <laughs> oh, is this the guy that eats chocolate for breakfast or something? Oh yeah, like he that? doesn't eat vegetables. And so Steve doesn't eat vegetables either. And we were all telling Steve how unhealthy it is to not eat vegetables. And then fucking Richard Flowhill comes in our lives. Oh, he's no. 82. Steve's like, yep, see? Parties <laughs> like I've never seen any elder party before. <laughs> and Steve's like, Wow. <laughs> he was reinvigorated in his uh, non-eating vegetables. So. Yeah, but Richard was a huge part of uh, connecting us with lots of people in the music industry. And he, he was the guy that, uh, he always tells these stories. He knew B.B. King and Muddy Waters and all of the major wow. old blues guys because he was the first person in Canada to bring them to Canada Wow, in the 50s. He's, out, he's old, 82, 83, 84. <laughs> and... Uh, he said that they loved coming to Canada because they didn't have to choose or they didn't have to be afraid of which hotels they could go to or which restaurants they could go to because mm -hmm. it was that racist in the South, in the States still. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. all segregated still. Okay. So they loved him and they loved coming to Canada. And so he made lots of uh, industry connections. And he was just like, what the fuck is this band from 2,300 kilometers north of Montreal? David Attenborough? Yeah. He's totally. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I knew David Attenborough. And he has a story about everybody. Oh, no way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, so, no, that just, I love him. <laughs> and um, I can't tell too many stories because yeah. they're too much for radio. <laughs> yeah. What were some of the bigger hurdles you guys had to jump to break out of Nunavut? Were there like, uh, I know you were saying a little bit of issues with people not wanting to work with you guys necessarily. Um, did you guys face any heavy judgment from people within Nunavut trying to, trying to break out? Mm, I think when we first started, there was big time support for what we were doing in Nunavut 
outside of Nunavut, not so much. Everyone's like, no, nope, you can't play it on the radio. No, nope, yeah. people at the festivals won't understand what you're talking about. Just because of the language. Yeah, because oh. of the language. And then, like, uh, it was actually so shitty because we would get so used to hearing no all the time, all the time. Yeah. And, like, do our best and, like, spend fucking $15,000 to go to Toronto to play one show yes, to try and, like, seriously. get in front of people to, like... And that's what we're really trying to do with the label is to have artists not have to go through that shit and not mm -hmm. have to like go through that those really fucking hard moments to figure out because people believe in their art i think and if you do that you should find support and but those were the major hurdles and it was very hard to it kind of gave us a tough skin and now i don't know what the world is now in terms of how we'll move forward but uh we've done our best to use our platform to showcase Northern Hayes, yeah. Josh, Tradeoffs, you, yeah. Reet. Uh, you guys have done a great job. Everybody yeah. we can think of and uh, and work with. And Terry, fuck, I love Terry. And more into the future, and that's kind of, I think, where our energy is, where my energy is moving a little bit now. We still love playing, but mm -hmm. it's something that I think that we want to be doing more of is paving the way kind of thing yeah because we got fucking ripped off like we got ripped off 20 grand in australia we would get ripped what? off Jesus. oh yeah just money people just taking it it's all those industry stories of yeah. artists getting ripped off are legit yeah and now even i see artists that are going into debt and kind of getting exploited and stuff yeah. and, it, oh, that's, and that's why i'm stoked to mm -hmm. i don't know if we mentioned it but i'm doing a bit of law education and hoping yeah that, yeah i want to start a service where we offer free legal advice to artists so we can mm -hmm. interpret any contracts or anything like that just because we've been so fucked over yeah and you often don't know what you're signing and i think that there's an extra level especially with indigenous arts where there's uh there's lots of sharks in the water yeah. that want that can see funding they availability want, and shit yeah. like that and want to take advantage of that. So I think it's ex it's important to be extra careful these days about what you're signing and what artists are, uh, where they're moving with their careers. Yeah. Well, hats off to you, all you guys, man, with, mm -hmm. yeah. with doing all that. You guys are doing a great job. It doesn't come easy though, man. I bet Cause there's haters. Yeah. There's yeah. always oh, haters, yeah. man. It has to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. You guys have brought, well, I don't, like, like Reet, she carried her career for sure, but you guys have helped Reet, Josh, myself out so much. Terry, I don't know. I just want to give extra thanks. Like, you guys are doing Yeah, really and I know it's hard right now because I think that there was lots of momentum building with lots of artists and then COVID kind of yeah, fucked that up so seriously. hard. But that doesn't mean that the art's not happening and it doesn't mean those stories aren't worth telling. So the time will come yeah mm -hmm. fuck yeah i hope please <laughs> Pretty please. Yeah. so you were talking a little bit uh about that language barrier issue did you guys ever really run into issues with that while touring like performing uh we like we toured in australia and people are pretty like we granted like just weird subtle racism yeah in australia yeah and but everywhere too like yeah. it was weird and racism emerges in so many different ways and just weird ass fucking interviews and i'd like i don't want to speak on behalf of nancy but i mean we would be doing interviews her and myself and nancy would be getting into very important indigenous political issues mm -hmm. and you'd just see radio hosts kind of cut that conversation off and look at the white dude me and be like so oh, tell us like what's your ah, like just like what's it like yeah. in the north just and subtle shit. Yeah. just subtle shit like that and not acknowledging her voice as much mm -hmm. as 
they should and just weird shit like that and and hopefully that we move to a place where we're a part of educating in that sense but sometimes it's really hard to do mm -hmm. and i think that was like a extra thing because we were constantly like doing interviews and talking about colonization and talking about our friends in nunavut that are like struggling yeah. and we would ask people would ask that and we would do interview after interview about suicide suicide and we we're like yeah this is like real shit yeah issues i can't tell you how many times on tour we got phone calls and heard about our friends passing away yeah yeah and you we all know at this table but like people a newspaper interview just asks you about it and like they leave and go write their story but you're like holy fuck like just that dry. brings up shit you know yeah. like it's re-traumatizing in a way mm -hmm. so there was lots of challenges in that sense and i think that put a lot of pressure on the band too because yeah. we got heavy into the pol political side of calling things out and stuff like that and didn't really acknowledge how that impacted us i think because yeah. i remember just having to cancel shows because we heard bad news from home yeah. Yeah. and all of us just crying in a room and like that shit's real man like yeah. mm -hmm. so anyway but I still think that it's important to bring those conversations up. And I just haven't thought about it because I also think I put it away in my head because that shit was hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, touring can be really heavy from sleepless nights, heavy partying and diets that consist of shit food and shit food and more shit food. <laughs> Did you guys ever have any meal plans or try to ever keep? healthy on tour gina is writing a book about healthy touring and i think it's oh, gonna no be way. an amazing book about like hotel yoga <laughs> and yeah. all these things and i think it's gonna she there's we were got pretty conscious after a while i would lose my voice every tour every yeah. tour from drinking like staying up all night drinking coffee drinking coffee <laughs> 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 yeah. and yeah that was like the early days for sure and then we sort of smartened up a little bit and then became a little bit more focused and i think that made our music different yeah i don't want to say better because i think 300 people drunkenly rocking out in a bar is a beautiful thing <laughs> mm -hmm. 300 people rocking out not drunkenly yeah uh but it's also the the more subtle approaches to <laughs> music in our later years is also something that we're proud of too but definitely Oh, gas station coffee, man. <laughs> there was some rough, rough, <laughs> just rock, paper, scissors to see who's driving to the next <laughs> day. Like, no. Yeah. So what places have you guys traveled in? You said Australia. Um, yeah, we just met a dude that saw us in New Zealand, which was cool. Wow. Yeah, New Zealand, Cuba, which was one of the craziest Damn. shows. Uh, Havana, we played in Havana. Germany, Iceland. Sweden, Norway, and those countries were cool because they're totally pro seal hunt. It was hey, so hey. awesome. I'd be like, oh, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but we hunt and eat seals. Yo! <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's roll with this. You want some? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then Alaska, Greenland a couple times, which was yeah. oh, beautiful. And then South Carolina once which was oh, kind of crazy whoa. yeah random but whatever yeah it's been cool it's and i miss it big time it's such a part of yeah it was such a part of our identity for a long time and our mental health for sure so we'll see I, i'm hopeful that it will come back and new orleans was new orleans, fucking amazing yeah, new orleans, new orleans. Yeah. that was so fun yeah i 
it feels like a dream, honestly, at this point, traveling Look, to these yeah. places. Like looking back? Yeah, like, it yeah. feels like it didn't even happen. No, we I got our last show. We played a show right before the world shut down. Our last show of our last tour was canceled. We played in Victoria, and they had this meeting, like, what's COVID? What's happening? Oh, no. Then we played that show. And then the next day, Vancouver, all of BC shut, shut down. down that day. So we Damn. pieced back to Ottawa for the Junos, which were also canceled. <laughs> but, uh, but we made the best of it. Crazy times, man. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite place that you travel to? Ooh. The best show you've ever done? Oh, man. That's like two different questions. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's very hard to say. Cuba was unreal. Cuba is a totally different ball game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I bet. It was and, like, they must have great coffee there. It, yeah, it was okay. It was, <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> Cuban coffee. Is it not good? No, I'm just... Never mind. Go ahead with your... <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I was like, I don't think it was that good. He's talking about the coffee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never tried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They did have good coffee. <laughs> I understand this yeah. subtle... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was cool because they played us on national TV. So everybody oh. in Cuba and they're fuck, like super Whoa. nationalized there. So everybody watches the national news. And then mm. like <laughs> nobody could, s- not well, a lot of English speakers there. So they would just scream, Mamato! Wherever oh, we went in town, da 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 da! Everywhere we walked. I wonder how Mamato sounds with a Spanish accent. I know. It was very, like they would yell it at us. And it was the only, it was actually kind of cool because it was the only language that we could connect in. Because they only spoke Spanish. We only spoke English. So Inertitu was like, no way. We had these like nice, cool. Those moments where you don't communicate, but you communicate with somebody's eyes. So yeah. I guess, and there was no language barrier there either because it was just no English. Yeah. Right? Yeah, is what yeah, yeah. And it was also right when, uh, I think it was right when Donald Trump got elected and we didn't hear shit about Donald Trump. Oh, it yeah. was awesome. Cause they, they just like, now Obama's still president. Like, we're not going to acknowledge this. Like, this is not happening right now. Yeah. Cool. Australia was definitely the strangest place. Yeah. Australia has a lot of work to do. For all yeah. the Australian listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. The ra- racial tensions in that country are very powerful, wow. man. Mm-hmm. Very, very powerful. And then to go, we went from there and very uncomfortable to New Zealand, which is a totally different ballgame. New yeah. Zealand is yeah. like mm-hmm. an amazing, beautiful, yeah. amazing place. And they were like totally right on with the music mm-hmm. sort of connection too. But I don't know. Rankin's awesome. <laughs> like, I love playing in Rankin. Yeah. Yeah. Beer dances. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back soon. What was the funnest show you guys ever did? Oh, now that I say beer dances, some of those beer dances were hilarious. <laughs> What's a beer dance? Yeah. In Rankin. They just have beer dances, like fundraisers for whatever. Rankin's an amazing community. Well, oh, okay, they, so it's a dance and you drink beer. It's just, yeah, it's just okay, like, okay, oh, okay. beer dance. Beer dance. They sell beer dance. They sell beer? Yeah, they sell. Okay, okay, yeah. and then the, okay. Oh, the Kucherok Bar, though, that was also a very, very classic venue. <laughs> there was a lot of good ones <laughs> when we were young, young and full of life. But I don't know. It's really hard to say because you value them in different ways. There's some yeah. nights that the music was super on point and there were six people in the crowd. Like, we played some shitty audience-style shows. Like, we played mm-hmm. to nobody many times. But we kind of like those shows because you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and some shows that were big and shitty because we weren't feeling it or band tension or whatever was going on. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to say, but there's been, I don't know, man, there's been lots of 
Ottawa has been also a cool spot. It was cool to play, play around Canada because there's Inuit everywhere. There is, Even yeah. Australia, Inuit showed up. It was what? fucking awesome. Whoa. Yeah. What the hell? I don't know his real name, but I call him Captain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, he just showed up at the show. It was like, what? holy fuck, you live here? Yeah. Wow. From David. From where? From here. What? You know him. David. David yeah. Captain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Shout out to David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David, man. Shout Thanks for coming to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, every Winnipeg, Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal. Like mm -hmm. it would be so cool because you'd often see this as very white spaces, like lots of these shows and lots of these festivals. And uh, then we would go on stage, and it would be this invasion of people <laughs> that were living in Montreal from Nunavik, like yeah, missing yeah. home, and fucking yeah, yeah. come yeah. out have parties and like Sick. just oh, yeah. make a night of northern night and they would like people would be in tears wow just Man. being so stoked to hear that and to also see it on stage and mm -hmm. to like take over downtown montreal for yeah. an take hour back home yeah yeah bring yeah. home down there I yeah. Guess. yeah same in ottawa same in toronto it was just super cool to see sweet so you guys the jerry cans have started up nunavut's first record label another congrats on that um when <laughs> when was the label when did it become an idea and how long did it take till it was an actual thing truth be told it was because nobody else would sign us <laughs> so we're just like we actually met a band called the strumbellas uh do you guys know them oh, yeah, the name. i got guns in my head and they won't go that's on lindsay ontario right yes yeah. lindsay yeah. ontario so they were huge um and we had known them before they kind of exploded with that song Spirits. And they were always that their band that actually helped us. And they okay. co-wrote a song with us and they were helping us figure out record label world. And they were helping us figure out all these things. And uh, they, I was like, so we just met them back of a beer tent at a festival. And I was like, what did you guys do with your last record? How did you release it? They're like, we just invented our own record label and released it. And uh, wow, we were like, what? Nice. People fucking do that? <laughs> And then we were like, what? Then we started asking the few contacts we have, and that's how it started. And it was just, again, like, we just noticed it's so stupid how it's an illusion in the industry that if you're signed to a label, that gives you a little bit more cred mm -hmm. in that. And so we just did that. And they're like, what label are you signed to? Akuluk Music. Cool. I haven't heard of them. Fuck it sounds good. Well, <laughs> yeah. just because it's us right here. <laughs> Sweet. So that's how it started. And then we just realized that I think that there was a lot of good help we could give to other artists in terms of our experience touring meeting with publicists meeting with managers sharing music across canada all that experience we gained it was just kind of a vessel for us to help others do that shit so that's how it started and it's kind of grown into something bigger than i ever thought it would for sure yeah but i love it i love it now fuck yeah and it's just cool to see like Terry's album, for instance, like he's getting interviews every week all across Canada. And yeah, man. for those of you who know Terry, he's like a deep philosopher and has some amazing views about the world that, in my opinion, are just as important as the music that he's yeah. sharing. So giving a voice, a platform or helping him find that platform is what more could you do in life? That's a great sort of task to have. Hell yeah. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> You talked a little bit about it, but um, what are some of the big goals you have for the label now and in the future? It's hard to say. I just, I think that, to be honest, I think mental health is a major thing that I'm finding amongst our crew of artists that's being really challenged right now. And yeah. I think lots of labels would say record sales or performances or all this shit, but I just want to like 
help artists feel good about themselves in whatever way they want. If they want to be touring, I'd be like, fuck yeah, go tour. If they want to be writing music, I'd be like, fuck yeah, Yeah. who do you want to write with? Let's do this. Use my house. Like, let's write. Uh, If they want to not play music and need some cash, I'm like, yo, here's some cash. (laughs) Let's go uh, have a coffee or whatever. So that's, I'm really trying to, I think 2021 or whatever year it is, that's, I think, the mission for us this year is to just yeah. take care of the people we work with yeah. and reframe the idea of success and have success more be a feel good about yourself and feel good about your art situation nice. than necessarily becoming a fucking star or whatever. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Beautiful. I love it. It's hard, man. I'm just noticing that it's very hard for artists these days. Our fucking careers were ripped from yeah, under us and picking up the pieces of that is very hard and I've seen it amongst my friends like how do we deal with this and that's what I think is a way I can try and help anyway yeah so that's where I'll focus my energy I think fuck yeah that's nice it's been it's been really nice to have that support system for me too to like just have you or dotes or whatever just to talk to create a plan or just to feel like I know someone's there and looking out for me too it's been it's been really nice I, so thank you for that. Thank you, man. I, I can't tell you how many, like, like I said, we're just trying to help people get their, sh- like, settle in their own, in themselves. And like, now I'm helping artists buy houses, and like, helping with rent. And I'm like, whatever, man, this, this is what needs to be done. Like helping people be comfortable so they can express themselves in whatever way they want. That's, I think, the next way that I want to be organizing our resources and shit. So. I don't know if that makes any sense. People no, are like, that, what the fuck? No, kind of no, no that's fucking this? awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that point about recreating the idea of success too. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that it, uh, because out of that, great songs will come out of that. Yeah. And I think I'm so proud of Terry's album because he talks about life and breath and love and yeah. loss and, how to be a good person through it all. And I think that's the message that really stuck with me. Like every album, every artist we work with, it totally changes my way of seeing the world. So yeah. I just love being, I'm very grateful for what we're all able to do together. Hell yeah. Cause everyone has this like one idea of success that once you have oh, millions of followers or lots of money and stuff, but like success could just be Terry getting his album out there and be able, being able to express his views and his feelings to the world and yeah i think that's a beautiful point i think one of the proudest moments we've had was when james ungerlach the lead singer of northern haze and they've been a band for 40 years and like in my opinion never properly acknowledged as to how amazing and hardcore they are mm-hmm. and amazingly powerful stories and he was interviewed on um on u.s national radio and he was just talking about life in Iglulik. And I was like, yeah. this is fucking exactly what the world needs to hear right yeah, now. And it was nothing yeah. like, mm-hmm. it was just a different voice from a community that often doesn't get that voice heard on such a scale. So those are those little successes, I think, are so important to help shift people's minds, especially in its anti-racism work, too. Like, mm-hmm. that's how people understand that there's different ways of living in the world and yeah. they're just as legit as any other. So, mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Can I have some of a sip of your coffee? Is there any I finished it. Fuck! Yeah. This coffee code. Yeah. There's the last sip if you want it. Yeah. But What are your guys' goals for this? For this podcast? Yeah. Um, just three friends. Just three friends getting together. I think it's kind of the, uh, it kind of parallels in a way too where we want to uh, just share 
a, a culture first. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to go as deep. No, no, as that, what that's you, exactly you, what it is. You though. just that expressed, is deep. but yeah, I think we just all really want to share our lives and what it's like to live up here. Yeah, and maybe reach out to you know to people who it'll be good to have people who, um, listen to uh, just three guys from home, right, and have something they can relate to. Yeah, uh, just the same way as they would put a jerry can cd in the radio down south and it's kind of a taste of home right yeah um i think that's kind of it's kind of similar right mm-hmm. and then we just want to have a good time too right Fuck doing yeah. it shoot the shit i love just it shoot the shit, yeah. shooting the shit. <laughs> shoot some more shit guys. Yeah. Fucking shoot that yeah. shit. and talk about things that you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> hear about in, in day-to-day, your day-to-day life, life. yeah <laughs> Oh. Yeah, we're, we're just, we're just, we're just quoting. Okay, well, this is in yeah. stereo yeah. in my head. We're just quote, quoting life. our synopsis. Yeah, there, I love there. it. Yeah, if I can keep that synopsis but quoted. I think, yeah, I think that's our our goal. We, me and Mister, would always sit down and shoot the shit, and yeah. then Sim and Mister would do the same too. And then I would often say, "Fuck, we're doing this for free." Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is listenable to listenable. Right? What do you guys think about art? I think it's definitely important um, for identity, for uh, your thought process, for um, expression. I think it's important. It's very important. I just found like I was doing this entertainment law class and they're like, what is art? And I was like, what the fuck is art? Like, what do we even do? Like, what is this thing that, and what impact does it have on us? Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. It's, I think it's just a, it's a ver- it's a way to express yourself, yeah. and then to whoever's consuming the art as a way to look inside yourself, maybe. Mm. Well, that's beautiful, isn't it? That was yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> some shit you just shot. <laughs> I don't know if I could go as deep as you, but uh, <laughs> let's go around the table. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Name one animal that describes your soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I actually I find it interesting though. What do you think, Sim? Um, art. What is art? I, um, I think art to me is uh, my identity. I've been working within the arts for the past four or five years. That now that I have a office job, I really don't know how to present myself because the way I would introduce myself to people is like, "Hey, I work in film. This is what I do. This is what I've worked on." Mm-hmm. And now I'm don't say that as much or it's not as prominent in my life so i'm like hey i work at i work for the federal government i sit in a cubicle and i do whatever they tell me to do and wait for things to happen months after they're supposed to happen Mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard to um have less of that uh self drive and a job where you're not in control of what's happening yeah so I think art's kind of like my identity and mm-hmm. it's something that really helps me present myself to others. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest way for me to introduce myself to other people. Yeah. That's the first thing I ever say. You are art. Boom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's cool because you also have total control, like most control over it. Like it's something you can totally control how you mm-hmm. do that and as opposed to like some other places you can find yourself in the world where you don't have that control to mm-hmm. figure out what the fuck you're going to do every day. Mm-hmm. Do you do anything else than music art wise? 
Dude. Fuck no. I just doodle. <laughs> I, uh, my daughters are better artists. Oh, yeah. Well, visual that's right. artists. You're, you're a busy man, right? Uh, no, I don't do any other art. I don't even think I know other kinds of art. <laughs> I'm just trying to think about visual art, sculpting. Nope. Uh, I wash dishes. That's in art. a very artistic way. <laughs> I, guess I dance. I dance. Ah, there you go. Yeah, Lord of yeah. the dance. <laughs> no, not, but otherwise, I, it's something that I've come to terms with that I can <laughs> draw for shit. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. yeah. I got a good question too. After this whole uh, COVID thing, um, if it ever blows over, um, we're still gonna see you guys on stage. The Jerry Cans. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I would love to do that. I think that uh, art is simple but it's also very complicated and there's managing to figure out how to do all the stuff especially when we get to that busy level that we got to mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to move forward after that is a little bit it's not challenging but it's just a very different thing yeah. for us but we're very much into doing what we want to be doing and i think that again there's always haters and stuff like that out there oh. but we that's i think that's a very dangerous place to be in with art when there's haters and uh we like to be in a part of an arts community that supports yeah. and i think that uh, we played at jam cafe a couple nights ago yeah, and just yeah. like people mm -hmm. started to sing along and i was just like this is a fucking human moment <laughs> like, <Yeah>. just <laughs> yeah. people acknowledging hum how shitty this human human oh, i thought you said humid it's a very <laughs> humid moment. I was yeah. really sweaty. Yeah. I was. I was. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it must have must have felt beautiful to be back on stage. And well, like, I just think we don't really know what we're missing. Sometimes we're like, mm -hmm. "What is it? What am I forgetting at the grocery store? What did I not buy?" Yeah, and then yeah. you sing a song. You're like, "Holy fuck! That's yeah. exactly what I live for." Yeah. yeah. And that's why everybody quit their jobs, and that's mm -hmm. why. We brought our kids like we made so many sacrifices mm -hmm. just to sing silly songs on stage and you wonder why you did that and then that's the reason why because it's humans coming together and acknowledging how fucked up the world is but still living in that moment to mm -hmm. find some joy and some some light in a very sometimes dark place yeah well so, Especially here this time of year. I know. I was like, it's fucking dark out. Yeah. I see what you did there. That, but that's also why yeah, we started yeah. too, just playing music in my garage because it was mm -hmm. fucking dark and we had nothing else to do. Cold. So that's yeah. true. Ichaluit style, man. Like mm -hmm. January, crazy month. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But you got to find some way to fucking spend your hours of the day. And so might as well sing mm -hmm. some stupid songs. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, dude. I don't know. What are we at? 55. Wow. What is the usual length of a podcast? Uh, usually we try Six to Six inches. <laughs> <laughs> usually. I don't know if I'm going to fit in. <laughs> no, I think we usually caress the hour. Yeah. yeah Mark. Usually yeah. an hour. Yeah. yeah. This was easy. Yeah. Yes. I, I talk too much, but I No, guess man. No, we, we need that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need someone else to talk more. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tim. <laughs> I like it. You should really script up this rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's build it. Yeah, let's make a thing of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was also thinking you guys could, like, videotape it. I'm going to come videotape. Yeah, yeah. We're, we we're, want we're to. We're thinking of doing that, too. It's just yeah. the internet uploading. Oh, yeah. If we upload internet. a 1080p hour-long video. gigs. 22 gigabytes yeah. that's insane yeah oh that's so. also the biggest challenge being a yeah. band in Nunavut is fucking uploading yeah yeah internet's crazy yeah so eventually we're gonna be selling vhs's of our podcast <laughs> yeah. it was ordered online my daughter brought me a cassette tape she's like tata what 
is this? Is this a pacemaker? Yeah. Rewinding it with your pencil. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I remember Mick making mixtapes for your soup cooks. Like, yeah, sitting by the radio the and like record. <laughs> yeah. Our Lady Peace and shit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. How do I you think, guys? What's up? Oh no, go ahead, bro. No, I'm just very fascinated with what you guys think about all this shit. Um, what do you? It's th- weird. I find it bizarre, and we're kind of untouched here, right? Kind of about the with the COVID. I was but, just thinking more of like what you find in yourself that you love about, especially Nunavut art. Like, I just think it's hard to say sometimes. And so exploring like what, what that actually means and like what that, how that impacts you is something that like, it's kind of an interesting conversation sometimes to think about. Like, how does it fucking, when a song, when you write a song, like I can feel the shittiest I've ever felt when I write a song. I'm like, oh, that's great. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> like, whatever's happening. Yeah. Well, you're creating a, a piece right you're creating something so i guess there is um value and it kind of does make you feel a certain sense of pride i imagine mm-hmm. i guess with Akaluk music where we have a huge art scene here now mu- musical wise um just art wise it's mm. we're having a bigger and bigger platform i think um and more things to be proud of i feel like so i'm tipping my hat to off to you (laughs) we do we do some stuff yeah man yeah and i think since uh covid happened too there are a lot of more jewelry people coming out too a lot of more people getting more creative with their hands and doing more jewelry doing tattoos doing prints and stuff like that like that's obviously another form of art Mm -hmm. that's very sought after here and everybody who does it here is supported a million times over yeah everyone has such a great there's such a great environment here when it comes to art yeah. support wise yeah yeah so much support and i wonder i because i totally know what you mean that that has kind of emerged more and maybe it was going on all the time before but maybe we had more time to like look at it, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah look at it mm-hmm. and support it and appreciate it more because i see lots of crafts amazing seamstress crafts People, yeah. wow yeah but again i always find like sometimes we take art for granted and we don't always take the time to just be like, holy shit, you're really good at this. Like, You're yeah. really pro mm-hmm. jewelry, man. You're an amazing mm-hmm. tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. Like, so, mm-hmm. And I always find that as an artist, and this might sound so weird, getting those compliments is super touching. Like it can be all of that sacrifice and haters and all that shit. It like it goes a long supporting ways, artists yeah. goes a long way, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to this one pack podcast earlier today at work and it was um this one guy that he's a documentary filmmaker and he said like he would do pre-shows of different screenings at different portions of the edit and what he said sticks with him most is there are people that don't even think about this one scene that he thinks is important and there's that one person that's like that was my favorite part of the <laughs> whole entire movie. Yeah. I love that so much. And that's so much more touching, especially mm-hmm. when you put more effort into that one section or that one thing. Mm-hmm. When you get complimented for that, it, it's a million times more. Comp- makes you feel fucking amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. And I just think that like that's something that, uh, again, I heard an interview with this one of the most famous piano players in the world. And he said, and they were like, well, how has COVID impacted your career? And he said, this is my living nightmare. Mm-hmm. The stage is my safe place. Like, yeah. that's where I feel I go into myself and I'm able to be myself. And we can say that, but like, 
it's for real, man. Yeah. Like this is a nightmare for artists. And so, I mean, we're talking about just what we, how we appreciate art, but I just think it's so important to eat. Like, even if you think it, just be like, Hey man, great job. <laughs> like that, yeah. It can be such a small so thing, but out. so yeah. touching for mm -hmm. people. Cause again, like this is kind of a nightmare for performing artists, mm -hmm. nightmarish time. So whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, <laughs> whatever. Hopefully, we're right around the bend. Yeah. Right, around the bend. right around the bend. Yeah, but I still think even when we get around the bend, like fucking keep supporting yeah, artists yeah. and keep telling mm -hmm. people that, like, man, that song really hit me in a powerful way. Mm -hmm. Or what that you're, what you're doing is great. Yeah, it's just like a. I know my artist buddies appreciate it, so mm -hmm. it's like yeah. a fucking good thing to do. Yeah, we should have a huge shout out for all the artists that kind of had to make sacrifices because of COVID or because of other circumstances mm -hmm. that your art is very much worthwhile and you should keep doing it. We love you guys very much. Keep uh, it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should call this a podcast. Let's right. do Holy it. Smokes. Yeah. How do we end it? Um... Fuck Do we you have guys. a question of the week? Let's ask our guest What's the, the question, the of, question the of the week. I just feel like uh, I got several questions for one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we, um, listeners have been submitting questions. This feels so legit, you guys. Fuck yeah. Good job, you <laughs> dudes. Yeah, dude. We're artists too. Artists too. <laughs> <laughs> We're artists too. Uh, okay. So, oh, shit. Wrong page. For all the listeners out there, all three of the podcasters are now checking their phones furiously. <laughs> shuffling, <yeah. laughs> shuffling through the questions. We actually did not pick one this week. We did get submissions, but I don't think we yeah. agreed on one. No. I know one guy submitted a question. It was after you. Yeah. <laughs> the whole smoke break. After me. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Yeah, you know what? Let's just... Uh, we can edit this too. Yeah, we'll let's add, edit it we'll out. Add it in. I think you should leave it just a visual of you guys. Can you see them yeah. checking their phones right now? It's weird. <laughs> Did you see your dad's one? Yeah. It's the childhood. I'm down for that one. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, um. Okay, so. <laughs> How does this work? <laughs> Listener's question of the week. Yeah. So it is, what are each of your best memories growing up in Nunavut? Or in Nunavut. Best memories in Nunavut. Am I starting? You're starting. Yeah, you're Mr. starting. You're the only one answering, actually. I'm the only one. I'm not <laughs> yeah, starting. Yeah. I'm finishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Just as we were talking about artists, Nunavut is the most beautiful, complicated, challenging, but again, beautiful place. I couldn't imagine growing up anywhere else, and I couldn't imagine raising my daughters anywhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, I love this territory, and... Uh, I think, again, the community of Frobisher Bay, when I was growing up here and people would just always be ready to help each other and always be ready to kind of even become in conflict. But when shit got real, everybody kind of put that aside and would be able to help each other. And I still think it's a, in a lot of ways it's still like that. Mm -hmm. And just the, I mean, that question's from your dad. Like, I've known your dad since I was a kid. So <laughs> those relationships and these webs of relationships are so important. And you don't get that in a lot of other places. Not and no. when we bring artists up and when we bring people up to come and visit producers or whatever, they are fucking blown away. They feel it. They yeah. feel it. And they feel that people just walking in, people bringing food, people sharing food. <laughs> like, to, to us, that's normal. But it's actually such a beautiful thing. And 
even circling all the way back. And I hope that as Ikhalu continues to move into whatever direction it moves, I hope that it retains a lot of those values. And I hope that the transientness of the community doesn't supplant what all of those beautiful things that we all know very much in our mm -hmm. hearts and souls. So that's definitely my favorite thing about Nunavut. And I love, again, how honestly how fucked up this place can be sometimes yeah. but again we all will be here to deal with it and mm -hmm. that's there's some very beautiful thing in that so that's what i love about nunavut wow Fuck yeah that's exactly what i was going to say word for word land of the extremes yeah yeah i love it we all love it here and we love you guys out there listening <laughs> thanks for tuning in guys <laughs> andrew thanks for coming on to the podcast thanks for having me great to have you uh thanks again to everyone for tuning in love you guys enjoy the rest of your week bye-bye bye-bye